Hey guys, welcome to NARPS, the podcast about exploring the nuances of black womanhood and life after collegiate sports. Together, Jazz and Camille exercise a little bit less and adult a little bit more. How do NARPS define self-worth? <laughs> um, hey guys, welcome back to NARPS. We're super excited that you guys are listening in today. Um, today we are going to be asking and answering the question, how do NARPS define self-worth? Um, I think kind of as you transition out of the threshold of athletics, as you're just growing up as a woman, um, as, as you're experiencing just like for us city life, being around so many different people in the city with the most beautiful women, the most smart people, the most everything, it's like, how do you define what it means to have self-worth? So let's get started. All right, let's do the warm-up. Okay, Take so how do you, Jazz, define self-worth in the backdrop of living in Los Angeles, like mm-hmm. you said, with the most beautiful, perfect-looking women ever with the slim waist and the thick, thick mm-hmm. Um, Nice weather, beautiful men. Like, how have you right, been... Man. I'm Fair. Pl- I'm playing. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> how do you, how have you at least defined self-worth with who you are? Um, in so the far? past, I think I definitely saw self-worth through society standards. Just context, y'all. I'm 22 years old. So like my past experience, I was 17, you know? So it's just like context is, is really important. But I think by society standards, when you think of somebody that has a lot of self-worth, you think of somebody that looks really put together you think of somebody that, like, I think of strong women that, like, um, don't need a man or have a man that supplements them. I think of women, women in strong careers that are beautiful, that work out, that drive nice cars. You think of just kind of the ideal, like, yes, everything is put together. Right. And then for people that are my age, I think someone with self-worth, um, this has definitely changed as it's changed within myself. But it's someone that is going after their own thing. And I think even though lots of people in LA struggle with, I think, their self-worth, I think they also don't give themselves enough credit for how much they really vouch for themselves. Because people here really bet on themselves. Mm. Like, really bet on themselves. And so even when you don't feel worthy, you might be making moves that are reflective of you thinking better of yourself than how you feel in that moment. No, yeah, no. That's a word. You just spoke to me. (laughs) Um, How do I define it? I think, to your point now and hint I'm not 22 (laughs) um but how I define somebody that has self-worth I think pretty much like you said betting on yourself and doing it anyway Mm -hmm. is kind of how I define self-worth now but I agree this is only as of recently or as of late as I'm like rediscovering and redefining what my self-worth is and I know we'll get into it a little bit more but I agree. I think society, social media, our friends play a larger role than we all admit plays into our personal self-worth. 100%. And like self-worth of somebody that is embodying that, you know, is well put together, is groomed, has a good job, has a man or don't have, have a man, but like... If they don't have a man, it's you know, they don't just, want a man. Yeah, like their also <laughs> ego is Meg the Stallion. You yes. know? It's just like you embody that type of, you can't, you know... You can't, you don't phase me type of thing. Um, Yeah, just well put together, like knows what they want, knows what they don't want, and is willing to express that. So in the workout portion of our 
pod today we're going to start off talking about the backdrop of athletics and how athletics has definitely without a doubt in my life influenced my self-worth and the way i view myself but i want to start with this overarching conversation of self-worth versus self-confidence and if they're the same if they're different how are they different the different elements of that so what do you think um i feel like they're definitely different self-confidence and self-worth yes they're both something that you define so i think they're similar in that way Mm -hmm. but in terms of like how they work out in the real world they're very different at least in the space of of sports and athletics for women um self-confidence to me means regardless if you win or lose you know your value Mm -hmm. right i agree self-worth to me at least in the space of sports because it is something that you have to quantify, right? Winning is in this category, losses is in this category. And I think self-worth sometimes, I don't think it sways either way because I feel like you can. there's still benefits when you lose, right? Because you have to, especially as an athlete, you have to go back to the drawing board because you're racing again or you're playing another game. Like something else is coming up where you're going to be faced with the exact same thing and you're just hoping for a different outcome. So I think self-worth and self-confidence is different in the fact that whether you win or lose, you're gaining something different. I think I'm gonna challenge the conversation a little bit and I'm gonna say self-confidence is the value that you hold to yourself, but self-worth is the value that you allow other people to put on you. You think worth comes from what other people... I think the way that you feel about yourself is the way that you allow other people to treat you. And that's self-worth. And that is self-worth. Okay. So I can be really confident and be like, I'm this person and I know this about myself. Hmm. But if I let someone else treat me poorly, like I can still know this about myself, but clearly I don't think that I'm worth, that I don't have value to this other person in that capacity. So you're saying like self-worth is something that you, that you determine, that you can somewhat control. However, self well, no. Was that self-confidence? So let's look at it, like, business-wise, okay. right? Yeah. So I, I can go into a job, <laughs> and I can have so much confidence that I deserve this job. So I'm going to get the job. Boom, I got the job. Now salary conversations come up, and I take whatever money you they me. tell me that I am worth instead of saying, this is what I am worth. And there's a difference between you defining the value of your characteristics, you defining the value of your personality, you defining the value of your expertise versus allowing somebody else to put a label on it, to put a label on it. And so I think that in athletics for me, that's where I saw lots of the distinction because I was very confident in my ability to perform well when I was running, super confident in my ability to perform well. However, if I performed well and my coach looked at me and said, no, you didn't, like, this isn't worth anything, like, this, like, if I say, I'll use personal examples, I had a really tough time running, I've spoken about it before, and there were instances where little track meets meant a lot to me, because, because I was in situations where I would, I took like two years off because I was injured. So this first track meet doesn't really mean a lot to other people, but to me, like there's a lot of worth and a lot of value in this. Mm. So I go out, I run, I do well, and it's great. And like this like is fantastic. But then my coach would look at me and be like, this doesn't mean anything. And now my self-worth comes into play in that I am taking what he said to me and putting that on myself. Like, yeah, he's right, this doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't mean anything. Like, 
this was minuscule. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. What's like the business analogy in that one, like clearly I don't know the difference between <laughs> self-worth and self-confidence. Well, and that's just from my perspective. No, but it's like, that makes sense. It's like, do you, okay, here's another question. Do you think you can have one without the other? Or do you need both of them at all times? I think that you can have self-confidence. I think you can have one without the other because I think that you can have false versions of both of them. So I think that I can have self-confidence and be super confident in who I am, but not confident in the way that other people see me. Mm-hmm. These things are not linear. So it's not like an all or nothing thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I can have no skills at all and say that I'm worth a billion dollars. True. And not walk into a space until they give me what I deserve. And that's often, you know, larger conversation. We see these gaps within wage gaps between men and women. It's because men go into spaces and they say, this is how much I earn. This is how much I am worth. And it's given to them. Women do not do that. Statistically speaking, women do not do that. Or even even if you are a woman that does do that and practice that, like you said, if the other party doesn't believe that you're worth that, they're not going to match your number or match whatever you're asking them for. Mm-hmm. So bring it, bringing it back to the space of sports, did you ever experience like your athletic self-worth impacting your personal self-worth? I think that I was too intertwined to be able to make the distinction. So for me, like the way that I felt on the track in every capacity was the way that I felt about myself. Correct. And so if I was doing poorly in track, honestly, I think both self-worth and self-confidence are tested through relationships with people. And if I was doing poorly on the track, I would let other people treat me poorly because I did not feel valuable, feel worthy. Yeah. I did not feel valued. And so maybe if we substitute self-worth for self-value, like I did not feel valued as a person. And so when I would walk into situations, it would be like, you know, other people would tell me all these skills that I had, all these great things about me, and I'm like, yeah, no. Like, what does that mean? I don't deserve this. Yeah, I agree. Like, it really, like you said, they're intertwined. They are the same thing if you at least don't have the awareness that they should be separate. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, if you're doing bad in the track or in your individual sport, and I think it's even worse for athletes that are in sports like track or tennis where you all your wins are yours all your losses are yours Definitely. right so you literally feel an instant impact in terms of quantity because that's how our brain works like i win this is mine if it's not then i lost mm-hmm. but yeah i definitely took a lot of my experience and my worth or value from track into my work surprisingly or my relationships rather but surprisingly another place that i felt worth and confidence was in the classroom Mm. so because I felt that was something like even to this day like I you cannot like academically like I personally enjoy it and like I know I'm smart Mm -hmm. so like that at least was another place or resource that I could like feel worthy and feel valuable because I was confident like I couldn't shape that but I did notice that if I was failing on the track it reflected in my personal relationships or how I spoke up or didn't speak up in certain things because it was so embedded in me that I wasn't performing, so I wasn't important. I do think, though, that it is possible to have self-worth and not have self-confidence at the time because I think your confidence fluctuates, right? Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, as young women, like day-to-day, I feel very differently <laughs> about just like base base surface Everything. level confidence. Yeah. yeah, you know, one day I feel good about my physical appearance, one day I don't. 
one day I think I'm the smartest person in the world, one day I don't. But in all of that, I still understand that I have value as a person. And I think a lot of that comes with just understanding humanity and like the humanness kind of of yourself. So I think it's possible to still understand your worth and not and be insecure. She's like, I personally might not be feeling the best today, but that doesn't make me any less worthy mm -hmm. than I was whenever. And I think you see this a lot. I don't know if you've ever had the situation in romantic relationships where it's like, they see you at your best and your worst. Then on the day when you are crying and you're hurting and it's painful, that doesn't make you any less worthy of love and affection and whatever than the day that you felt on top of the world, like right. you were the baddest girl out. Right. Looking cute as hell. No, I agree. I think that as we mature and, you know, you receive all these inform at least as women, period, we get all these different messages of what it is to be beautiful, what it is to be valuable, what it looks like, what it feels like, what um, your relationship or your part, like all these different things. And you have to like scout through what's real, what's not, because it all looks like it is. Mm -hmm. I think the challenging part um, in my experience with sports in college I struggled a lot like I think I had to adjust to being in a new place adjust to being in a new environment and just in terms of makeup of people um, and I think it's easier to perceive that you have self-worth and perceive that you are self-confident when you are winning mm -hmm. definitely and it's like <laughs> the one time you lose or God forbid you get injured that's where you're hit with the most like you're you're asking yourself all these questions and you see a lot of people having anxiety or dealing with depression that they didn't know that they had that's completely connected to their worth and their value because that's not something that they really had to ever discover or question because they were good at their sport definitely honestly i think i learned a lot about self-worth and self-confidence through men not through like romantic relationships but through conversations through just like being around my friends through seeing because I think that men, more so than women in a lot of ways, are taught what makes them worthy as a man. So it's like how much money they have, how you know they interact with their friends, how many women they can get. These are all things. It's very clear. Very clear what their value is. is Your as value as a man. Are these areas. Are these things. And if you don't have these things, you're not valuable. Even if you and yourself understand, like, yeah. no, I have, like, skills outside of this. Or capacity. Or capacity or the ability to think for myself or the ability to be present, to be emotional, to be vulnerable. Those aren't valued as being Those are not valued as a man. So through conversations with men and their moments of vulnerability, I learned a lot about how I even perceived myself. Because I'm like, well, that, you know, now I'm reflecting and I'm like well when I look at myself as a woman I feel really confident in my ability to bring things to the table however I've been settling for less because the things that I bring to the table are not valued by From other women. people by women by men by okay. anybody does that make sense no yeah when you said that I just realized within myself I I perceived my value not only through what a man thought was attractive or Definitely. was appealing, but also like my personal mantra of what made me valuable and confident as an athlete was from the male point of view, right? Because I don't think women have that same concrete list that all men just, it's like a, just a hidden secret of like, this is what makes me a man. Mm -hmm. I don't think women have that list. Mm -hmm. I think we are more so figuring out that list and we kind of 
are realizing that we can personally define it for ourselves just like men have but they at least have a guide whether it's good or bad and women don't necessarily have that list like there's I no disagree uni- with that. you you think there's a universal list for women in terms of what is self-confident and valuable I think that women know what men perceive as valuable. Right, but I'm saying, but that wasn't defined by her. That's what I'm saying. There's but no... I don't think, I think men defined their value through women too. In what way? In women, I mean, if I'm speaking just from the Twitter streets, which is not, <laughs> which is not always the most credible, but you see, you know, we talked about Megan Stallion, we talked about City, we're talking about messing with these scamming, rich, Dudes, men are taught that their value is to provide. And women, at least at our age, obviously these things are historical and very deeply rooted, but I'm talking about where we are at right now. Women t- women tell men what their value is. True. Like, you can do whatever you want to me. However, if my nails aren't done, <laughs> if my hair isn't 30 inches, and if I don't have this bag, you have no value to me. Right. And I think women are taught similarly from men. And I think women also project onto other women, too. That it's like, girl, if he's not buying you this and he's not doing that. Or, or if you don't have that, you ain't it. You're doing something wrong. And it's like, what if you just genuinely don't... I don't want 30 inches of hair. <laughs> it itches. Or whatever it is. Like, yeah. maybe that's not your ideal of your value. Because I don't think we all have to look at, like, that's one thing that it's kind of weird to me. That, like, we all... But I guess that makes your point of, like, we. there's this new... So no, men and women, women are defining other women, men are defining other men, and both are defining one another, which is what sparks this larger conversation. Right, and that, no, that's what I'm saying, like, I agree, like, I didn't see that point, but I feel like that is such a small group of people and a culture, like, is I'm it? not saying, I'm not saying that it's not pervasive, I'm not saying that it's not influenced people to feel like, to reach for that, but realistically... We can't do that because in a day-to-day basis, like maybe out here in LA because we, you know, we live in La La Land, but I think across the larger scale, yes, we may socially agree with those things, but in our day-to-day life, I don't think women are defining the people in their lives that they want to be in a relationship with as getting my nails done and getting my hair done. I think they are. That's crazy to me. Because, I, I mean, I think you just see it. You know, I see, you see people sit in situations and I myself have sat in situations that aren't necessarily the best situation to be in because Mm. society told me that that. that this person had greater worth than I did. That's true. That they had greater value because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, so what is... I mean, since we all are just trying to define... Like, since you say guys, they need to be providers, like, what do you think that list is for us? It's interesting because I don't fit any of the criterion. That's what I'm saying. But that's why I think you have this question of what is worth. And how do you define it? Because you're right. A lot of these things are not real. People are looking at social media and they're not real, but you're still trying to live up to these expectations. And it's similarly in athletics when it's like your coach tells you to do something absolutely ridiculous and you're like, boy, you know, you might train me for that. <laughs> like, I'm not trained to run the 800. Right. Why am I in the 800 right now? And that's like the best metaphor that I have. Like, I'm not a hurdler. Why am I going over these hurdles? Right. Like, that's the best <laughs> metaphor that I have. And I think that as women... We're taught that our worth and our value is in our ability to look good. And it's in our ability to hold down a man. And that's what I'm saying. We have internalized that and... Hold down, whatever that yeah, means. Yeah, hold a ride or die, whatever these mantras I'm not riding or dying. Neither. 
Neither of the two. <laughs> That's not healthy for either of us. And if you're putting me in a situation where I need to do that, and it's like, that just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not... Maybe... And that's a recent, like, aha moment for me because I didn't always feel like that. Like, I definitely, and we've spoken about, like, how loving basketball is problematic Mm. because, like, Mm. it's sending Mm. the wrong Mm. messages to both people. Facts. Like, and it's just, like, the idea of who's more valuable in this situation. I feel like that movie maybe was just that time, but, like, those ideals still exist outside of sports it's outside like a piss, of a, it's a pissing contest of who is bringing the most like who is the most worthy it's like of how this. is she wrong that she wants to make her curfew <laughs> how is she wrong she needed to stay with him because he just yeah no we you know how i feel about that movie yeah no and so um but th- those that's representative of the rhetoric that has been taught to us from a really young age and so when we're exploring this idea I think, you know, even looking at my life personally, I thought that I had all the self-worth and self-confidence in the world until I realized that I didn't. And it took me talking to a boy, and what did I say to him? I was like, ha, 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 um, I got you. Like, you like me, that's funny. And he was like, do you think that I like you or am I just treating you the way that you're supposed to be treated? Oof. I said, get out. (laughs) Get out. No, that's fact. Because I had spent so long dealing with mediocrity because I was taught that my worth as a woman was in my ability to stay through a lot of stuff. I'm going to say I would stay through a lot of bullshit. And how much can you take? How much can I take? Can I be pretty while it's happening? And can I massage your roots for you? Right. And so it took another it took another man to look me in my face. And be like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you acting like this? Like, nothing I'm doing should be surprising to you. But For it me to- is. And it's the reality of, like, I think that's the part that makes us uncomfortable. Like, you, we think we have it all together, you know, woman to woman. Like, you just think you're not insecure because you know somebody that's more insecure than you. That's a fact. And it's like, no, we still are working with the same information. And it's like, you really have to, in your situation, you had somebody that was willing enough to like point out your flaws and you were comfortable with that but there's a lot of women that are not comfortable doing that at at least it was a man imagine a woman telling you that you you ready to fight like (laughs) some girls are just not comfortable with that because we're really not comfortable with ourselves and admitting that we all have insecurities but i don't know like i find myself like you know i don't open up to people unless like i feel like i mess with you on that level so Mm -hmm. i feel like when you're getting to know a guy and you are accustomed, like you said, to like a relationship feels so like like war and there's tension and there's like all this drama. <laughs> and then you meet somebody and it's not like that. You're like, what's wrong? Is something wrong here? Like mm-hmm. when you don't feel like it's pulling teeth, it's like we have the opposite psyche of what we need to be successful personally for ourselves. And that's why like I'm really trying to work on just being present but, like, enjoying it. Like, you can't expect somebody else to know. Like you said, know your self-worth and know what you bring to the table if you don't even know. Facts. And I think it takes a lot, too, because I think this goes back into this idea of redefining things we learned growing up. To me, I always thought I was confident because I never felt bad about the way that I looked. And then I realized that confidence and worth is deeper than that. And I always thought that I had high self-worth because I would make boys take me out on dates. And because... Just still paying for your food, Jazz. <laughs> but, like, that's what I thought. 
that it was like, no, I have to have high self-worth because I'm not giving them what they want and they're taking me out on dates and they're paying for me to do things. And obviously this is reflective of the way that I feel about myself, duh. And I have really high self-confidence because I look in the mirror and I don't feel sick. Like I really like the way that I look and whatever. And then I dove deep and I said, oh, I'm insecure about a lot. <laughs> I said, I'm insecure about how loud I am. And then I had to delve in why am I insecure about that. I was insecure about being biracial. I was insecure about like just being in spaces with lots of men and the way that they would look at me. And those are things I never processed as being like self-confidence issues. I was just like, eh, whatever. Comes with it, yeah. Eh, whatever. Oh, yeah. And so it took me, like I said, talking to somebody. So I guess this kind of brings us to the cool down in how can we learn to define self-worth and what tips do we have for self-worth. And I would say one of the biggest things for me is you got to get around somebody that's going to tell you about yourself that you, and that you feel comfortable telling you yeah. about yourself. Because, you know, you don't want somebody else coming at you. But, like, having conversations with your friends. Like I said, I had a conversation and a man looked me in my face up and down. And said, I don't know why... You acted crazy. Yeah, he was like, I'm not doing anything. Like, this is the way that you're supposed to be treated. And he was like, no shade, but, like, this is how I treat everybody. He's like, I just opened the door for you, sis. Relax. Facts. <laughs> and you're just like, wow! Yeah. And he's like, chill out. Yeah. Chill out. Like, clearly you haven't been with somebody that, like, can make you feel good before. And you're like... You're stuttering, that little meme, the boy's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it hurts. And so get around somebody that tells you about yourself, but also be conscious of the people that you're around. Because when all of y'all feel bad, all of you feel bad, you don't think that what you feel is abnormal. And I just saw a tweet that Jim Carrey had tweeted, and it was, um, be careful of the people you're around because do you actually have depression or are you just around a bunch of assholes? And that is a very important No, that's a fact. Thought to have. Because it's like if everybody is drinking the same Kool-Aid, nobody's gonna be like, yo, we need some water. And it's that just comes with the territory. But it's like, like you said, you need to have supportive friends, people that you trust that you can say, Hey, I know you feel like this, but it could be you. Let somebody tell you about yourself. Like, it could be you. That's not your mama. Because it's like, you can also feel in that space that like, oh, you're just saying that because uh, whatever, whatever, or now nah, I met this person. And you like, mm -hmm. we make a reason for why we want to feel how we feel. And like, not saying that you're not entitled to feel that way, but it's like, it could be also something that you're doing that you're not even recognizing. So definitely supportive friends and people that are willing to tell you the truth is a big tip on how you can maneuver or at least addressing your self-worth and self-confidence. And another big one for me is journaling. So I'm very blessed in that like I'm privileged enough to be able to go to a psychologist, to have a therapist, to have someone that I can talk to that has like the psychiatric background to help me kind of process through my emotions. Um, but journaling has been really huge for me. And like, cause it helps me get to know who I am like on my own time in my own accord. So writing out all of the different things that have influenced me, writing out like the super deep thoughts that I have about my childhood. Because once you get to know who you are, you, nobody else can tell you who you are. They can tell you about the way you're moving. They can tell you about the way that you're being perceived, which is obviously helpful. But I know who I am. So nobody can tell me who I am because I know. Because I got a 30-page manifesto on it. <laughs> and that goes into my point of like, I think some of my tips are knowing your boundaries. Like... It goes into the fact that once you know who you are 
it's boundaries are not there to startle your growth or to keep you from having certain experiences it really is just a buffer and the guardrail that you need to use to keep you on track if that's something that you're really trying to work on i'm not saying like okay you want to work on your self-confidence here and there but if you're adamant about you know bettering yourself in that way like it's something that you have to be adamant about because things will come and test you old friends will come by old ideas old booze will come back trying to drag you back into the foolery that's the devil and you gotta say no and you need to have boundaries because you know what you're trying to accomplish and you can't do both like you can't lie to yourself um another one would be exactly what we were talking about earlier like you have like women girls admit your insecurities not to anybody else but to yourself if you say hey i know i struggle because i ain't got no booty you gotta admit it and figure it out and like how can i work on other things to combat that in a way that like makes sense and that are reachable goals because not everybody can afford to go get whatever they're gonna get Mm -hmm. to supplement so it's just like how can i work towards these goals of feeling loved self-love self-worth self-confidence like admit it first and then you can figure out the next steps and the last thing i want to leave you guys with before we go is to accept your humanness because I think self-worth is really fragile because we oftentimes devalue ourselves because we made a mistake or you devalue yourself because you didn't speak up in this situation and it's kind of like we're keeping a point system in our head and every time we do something we're taking points off and we punish ourselves we punish ourselves for being human And it's important to accept the humanity that you have because that's the most beautiful thing about you and acknowledge that everybody is human as well. And so that allows you to give grace and give value and give worth to other people because you can acknowledge it and give it to yourself. Good job. So here we are. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of NARPS. Hope we've sparked some conversation with you guys about self-worth. We got you thinking about a few things. Go buy a journal. Or don't. Do whatever you want to do. But (laughs) (laughs) write it down. Write it down. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. See you on the next one.